Welcome to the Love Shared Podcast, the show that explores how God is moving in the community of the River Church in Redlands, California. We are on episode seven tonight, and tonight we're talking about church, faith, and the next generation. Is the church as it is today relevant to people under 25? We're kind of circling our conversation around the evidence that tells us that people in their 20s or after high school are leaving traditional church communities. So this argument is made in an article uh, in Relevant Magazine titled, Why Young Adults Are Leaving the Church. And I think we'll end up talking about more than just the fear of young adults, young people leaving uh, church, but also kind of dig into what are the elements of faith that this group of people values and how we old folks might connect with them. But first, let's introduce our podcast hosts. Nick Intout likes to tell people that his first date with Julie was a success, but we all know what really happened on that date. They ended up wearing the same shirt. Julie thought she was there to help Nick with his organic chemistry midterms, and Nick forgot that he had no money to pay for dinner or anything. Terry Heemstra harbors a secret love for the kitar and the men who play them. The posters on her bedroom wall include the dreamy portraits of Herbie Hancock, Weird Al Yankovic, and, of course, Prince. Uh, thanks for being here, Terry and Nick. Yeah, Len. And uh, my name is Mark Leonard. I don't believe a word that Nick says. Finally, we have a guest with us today. Alicia Giffen is a member of the River, and she leads the Young Life Ministries, which includes people in the college age range or post-high school, uh, early 20s sort of time of, of their lives. Is that right, Alicia? What have I got wrong? No, that's correct. Um, young Life has not been in Redlands before, so as I'm starting it, we're starting with Young Life College where we focus on the college students, and then as we develop some leaders there, we'll move to wildlife, which is middle school, and then to young life, as some of those middle schoolers go up into high school. I got you. Okay, very good. So you're starting with college, working your way kind of down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, we were going to start off the show with some rapid-fire questions, the part of the show where we shoot questions at our guest to see if they can keep up. Alicia, are you ready? So ready. Alicia, what song would you sing if you thought no one was listening? A Whole New World from Aladdin. That's embarrassing. Eh. Excellent. No, why? if people are listening, who cares? That's an amazing <laughs> song. <laughs> it's not even the best song from the movie Aladdin, though. What would you consider the best? Magic Carpet Ride. Um, the Whole New World. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Magic Carpet Ride was about drugs in the 70s, wasn't it? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Nick or Terry, have you got a rapid-fire question? I just had one tonight. Go ahead, Nick, because I have to think of mine first. Well, my question would be, Alicia, let's say hypothetically you were the coach of a basketball <laughs> team and you were going to form an offense and call your team to that offense, what would you call it and what would that offense mm. look like? Um, so we would call it the pineapples because hypothetically, actually, in all reality, I am coaching a sixth grade intramurals team and we are running the motion offense, but we call it the pineapple because we're team pineapple. That's really great. I think Coach K uh, would be incredibly proud. And so would your boy, John Calipari. <laughs> Rapid fire question number two. Who did you pick to win the NCAA tournament? Uh, University of Kentucky. My husband went to college there, and so did his parents. So I've been <laughs> indoctrinated into the Big Blue Nation, and that is who I will pick. <laughs> True or false, you have a University of Kentucky flag Pineapple. flying outside of your home at this very moment. False. I took it down last week because it had been more than a week since basketball season ended. Okay. Sam cried. <laughs> and Lenny has a pineapple because you got that right. <laughs> Lenny's a pineapple kind of a guy. I like teachable moments and uh, physical illustrations of teachable moments. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Terry, right, Terry, have you have you got a rapid fire question? Uh, sure. Do. Do you like pineapples? <laughs> yes. Oh, well, there you go. 
<laughs> Do you that's know that rapid a pineapple fire. takes that's 18 months fire. to grow the first one on a pineapple? Wow. And the second one takes a year. So when you eat pineapple, next time you do, that one right there, consider how long that fruit took to be born, which is a great segue into the next series of questions on young life. This is me being nipped with, with facial hair. <laughs> takes about as long to grow it as it does to actually get into the pineapple and eat the actual fruit. <laughs> yeah, so 18 months is like a great time period or um, growing fruit, and maybe even like growing fruit in the ministry. So, Alicia, you've been in Redlands for a year. Um, share with us a little bit, what is Young Life? Is it okay, Lenny, if I do your job and transition us into the next section? Sure, you're going out of order, but that's fine. That's fine. You transitioned wrong. <laughs> of, course, of course he did. Yeah, it's my role. Well, that's um, a good question, though. Explain, uh, explain uh, who you, like, what you are, what you do. Yeah, so Young Life is a nonprofit Christian organization that started 75 years ago in Texas. Well, 74 and a half. And we believe that every adolescent has the right to hear about Jesus Christ. And we do that by building relationships and getting to know people where they're at um, in order to show them Jesus and the way that Jesus walked with people and talked with them. That's what we are trying to do in Young Life. So were you ever in Young Life or was Sam a part of Young Life growing up or is that like a part of your story together? Yes. I was not in Young Life. My mom had been in Young Life. Um, she had grown up in the Catholic Church and didn't really get why Jesus mattered and then had a Young Life leader who started studying the Bible with her, and that was incredibly impactful for her faith. Um, some of my best friends from working at camp also were deeply involved with Young Life, and then when I met Sam, I learned that he had met Jesus at a Young Life camp when he was 16 and gave his life to Christ there. So it's been, um, it's definitely been a part of our story. So what is Young Life, how is Young Life different from, like, church? So mm. you have... Um, or, even, or even a campus crusader or another type of organization that's that's got a real target audience of college age or older teenager kind of group. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the, like, campus crusade or intervarsity um, are going for, are there and present for students a lot of times to grow deeper in their faith, whereas Young Life, our goal is to make sure every student hears the name of Jesus and the truth of who he is and that he died on the cross for them. Um, so we, I, in Young Life, call it like looking for the kids on the rim and the furthest out students who wouldn't probably never want to go to something that was a worship service but would like to play Ultimate Frisbee, and as they keep playing Ultimate Frisbee and get to know the people they are playing with, would see something different about them. And the different thing is that they love Jesus, and they want to share Jesus with the people they're playing Frisbee with, not just the people they go to church with. So, um, okay, so are the, oh, go ahead, Nick. No, so how, is, how would you say, like... Um, for, for you guys, your first year in Young Life, what are some of the ways that you have sought to kind of like begin building those bridges? Like, where ha what are you guys doing um, that you've been able to build relationships with people? Yeah, so this past year at U of R, we were not a campus-recognized club, so we weren't doing things officially on campus. I was on campus a lot with students that I knew, getting coffee, etc. But we had dinners at our house once a week um, and invited students that we knew and asked them to invite their friends to come into the space and just build community together. And in hopes that next year, as we have gained our campus recognition as a club, we will be meeting on campus um, going to where students are instead of asking them to come to us, which is another motto of Young Life and something we do a little differently. And then 
just more students will hear and be able to know Jesus that way. Cool. So I'm actually cheating. I told Julie and I um, have been able to kind of witness uh, Alicia and Sam doing Young Life um, this year. And the really cool thing is uh, just the like the strength of relationships that you guys have built already in, in like just a short time with a lot of college students. And mm -hmm. I think something that I've heard you say that I really like, and I've totally used it um, since I've heard you say it, is that you believe uh, that as a follower of Christ, you need to uh, earn the right to be heard. Um, say a little bit about that and what that actually looks like when you're um, engaging college students. So you have on one hand like this passion to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus mm -hmm. with people, but at the same time you have this value of I'm going to earn the right to be heard in their life. How do you like reconcile those those two things and um, say a little bit about that, what that means to you, earning the right to be heard? Yeah, um, a lot of that is consistency and like being kind of sometimes laying myself out there to people I don't really know to say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I care about. This is what Jesus has done for me. But just showing up consistently. So like there's one student that I met last April and um, had no idea like who this kid was. He's super outgoing, wants to be friends with everyone. So I invited him to coffee, got to talking to him. He is the vice president of the Jewish club and he's awesome. And we just kept talking and I kept inviting him to things. And he has been one of the biggest advocates for Young Life being on campus as we've talked about Jesus over the year and like me going to his cross country meets or his track meets or going to events that are put on by Hillel. Um, which he is a major part of, I have gotten to build a relationship with him and in that talk to him about Jesus and who Jesus is to me. He has heard both um, Sam and myself talk about who Jesus is to us and had conversations about that and he hasn't chosen to do anything with that for himself yet, but he is hearing and that is what that's what our goal is, to build those relationships and show we care. And he, just to kind of follow up and brag a little bit about you guys, he recently, I mean, I agree, amazing young man, just incredible um, with kids and people and just a beautiful person. But he's, uh, he's also really um, grown from being around you guys and just mm -hmm. your love for people. And I think he had on his Instagram the other day that, uh, you know, he was thankful for you as one of the most significant mentors in his life. I think that's pretty high praise for someone that you didn't know six months ago. And so you guys are doing some um, really beautiful stuff. Can, can you tell one more story? I know this is out of order, but you shared a story a little bit ago about um, kind of young life. Young life isn't the church, and yet you're trying to build a, a bridge between mm -hmm. Um, students and Christian communities so that they can get support and encouragement and mm -hmm. um, you know find safety when they're in a places. Will you share a story, that story from around Christmas and kind of how uh, a local church community could walk alongside Young Life and um, what that looks like and I think that was kind of a big success for you guys in, in your ministry and some of what you're trying to do. The senior girls? Yeah. 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 Um, so it's just been super neat just as Sam and I were trying to figure out where we were going to be going to church. We went to church in Ukaipa last year and then moved to Redlands when I took this job and had been going to a couple different places, had met a lot of people at the river but weren't sure, like hadn't officially decided where we were going to go. And in September, I had two senior girls call me one night and one of them I had met two times and I didn't know her roommate, but they had been kicked out of their apartment. They didn't know what to do. They needed, they like just needed help. Um, so they stayed with us for a few nights and we were trying, we just decided um, I was going to be traveling a lot. Them staying with us through the end of the semester wasn't, wasn't a good fit for um, 
just us as not having kids and me being gone, having Sam be home with two senior girls seemed like a bad idea. Um, so I reached out to Nick and was like, hey, do you know anybody who might have an extra room? I don't really know a lot of people yet. And he started networking and a few days later, um, Scott and Kristen Elgersmoss, right? Yeah. Um, said that they would be happy to take them in and meet with them and then decided to let them rent a room from them. Um, and for us, that was just like such a relief and such a blessing to see the church, big church, um, being what is intended and reaching out and helping those people who didn't know what to do, were on a tight budget. And for us, that was a deciding factor to become members of the river and really invest our time and energy here. That's cool. Alicia, could I, could I just ask um, if this is okay, how old are you and, and how far away from your college experience are you? No, that's a great question. That is one of the things I, I was thinking about as one of the challenges, um, but really cool things. I'm 25. I graduated college four years ago. So sometimes it seems like a really long time ago, but sometimes it's college students are in it. I feel like, oh, I was just right there in my junior year dealing with the th same things you're looking at. So it's you. Do you think that an old person like, like Nick could do what you're doing? Or is that age group really only going to listen to someone like you who's who's just out just one step ahead of them no absolutely I think that college students are craving community and craving mentorship um, and so one of the people I know who's doing young life college in San Diego at San Diego State he's been my mentor and he is probably about 10 years older than Nick he has three middle school to elementary school boys and he is rocking it at Young Life College. Um, USC also has a guy in his late 50s who's doing Young Life College and just making an incredible impact. So it's not just this age group. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because the reason I ask is because some of the things that we've read, they kind of talk about how, and sometimes when Nick gets going, he'll talk about how you know this generation has a a real maybe well-deserved distrust of older generations, um, and and it's hard to break down that barrier. So so it was it, it's interesting to ask to ask you, okay, do you think that barrier exists, and uh, maybe it doesn't exist for you because you're really in that target audience, or you're closer to that target audience than. Uh, than someone in their 50s are? How do you think that age group responds to older generations? I think it exists, but it probably takes more time to prove yourself and to prove you actually care about them and want to be consistent. And I would say I don't think Alicia's, like, I guess success relationships, just I don't think that is because of her age. Um, I think it's because of like just the grace that that you know she and Sam have, and um, yeah, the trust like they've earned they've earned that right, you know, like what time spent. <laughs> yeah, and and you said too that the name Young Life carries with it um, a, a pretty positive, you know, people know that ministry and are familiar with it nationally. So for you to be on campus during the club thing, yeah. when you had your Young Life... Involvement fair, yeah. Yeah, people were like, oh, I was a part of Young Life back in my high school. Mm -hmm. And so they may not... Their church is not here, but they are connected yeah. to Young Life because they were a part of that there. So I think that's kind of one of the cool things about it, too, is just it's a bridge, you know, um, from their local community to... You know, move into a place like Redland. So, mm -hmm. um, Terry, you want to talk a little bit about? Lenny was kind of just talking about the whole idea of like mis mistrust and like uh, 
how there's sort of like a yeah there there's a a barrier between mm -hmm. kind of an emerging generation um, of millennials and um, an older generation and maybe even the church. You want to talk about that? Sure, sure. Well, um, just kind of looking into sort of the topic of young adults um, in church, I I just kind of wanted to see if I can find this, um, what people are sort of saying about it. And I did find an, I, I, I guess you could call it an article um, from Relevant Magazine, and they actually just interviewed a girl named Kara Powell from the Fuller Youth Institute. And the article wasn't really... Uh, it wasn't like giving solutions or answers to maybe any issues people might have or anything. Like it was just asking her questions what she thought about why young adults are leaving the church. And um, I, first of all, like, I don't think we always, I think the title is kind of negative in a way because we're saying, you know, why is everyone, why is everyone going away? And um, I think there are young adults in the church, there are young um, there are students and young adults that are in the church, and we do need to, you know, be a part of their life too. But this is just kind of recognizing that there are, um, like uh, Alicia was saying earlier, there are kids who are kind of on the outskirts, and you know, um, maybe I don't know, on the fence is the right term, but kind of you know, on the outskirts of the group. And how do we draw? How do we get them to come sort of in um, and? Some of the questions they asked were just, I loved them, um, and just her responses to them. But um, first of all, they asked her, you know, do you think young people are leaving the church or leaving their faith? And one of the things she talked about was this identity lockbox and how young, um, well, students, uh, oftentimes, mostly high school students, uh, they kind of take their faith and what they call put it in, in a lockbox, this identity lockbox. It's something they identify with, and they always will identify with it, but they kind of put it away, and they go on with their life, and they go into college, and they go into their career with this faith over to the side. Um, and and they make all of their major decisions and day-to-day and have their day-to-day -day influences away from that faith that's put over here in this box. And uh, I just thought that was very interesting because uh, it's like they still relate to this thing and they still want to leave it there for something that they can come back to at some point, but they want to be able to make the decisions apart from that. And um, why, but, why do you think that's important to them, to make, make their day-to-day -day decisions separate or, or not not allow their feelings of faith or their their experiences in church influence their day-to-day -day decisions. Why do you think that's important for them to do? Are you asking me or are you asking Alicia? <laughs> Maybe the general group, general. whoever has. Well, Kara actually came and spoke for our Young Life new staff training in January. I went out to Florida for that, and so I got to hear her speak, and she is doing phenomenal research at the Fuller Youth Institute of just like what helps faith to stick. But the way she described it to us, I was just looking through my notes, is students tend to view their faith like a jacket and they put it on when they want it, but then they take it off and sometimes they lose it, like it gets buried under a couple things and they forget about it. But a lot of students who are going to college or entering the workforce out of high school um, just don't feel like their faith is a core part of their identity, but it is something they enjoy and they use when they want it. It was a cool, an interesting picture. So is that something the church in general should be concerned about? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. think too, um, she kind of answers it a little bit in the next question. They um, just ask her about like misunderstanding and misconceptions um, that are contributed with young adults, and she talks about how they see their faith as more and the and the church and Christianity as more of this um, behavioralness that they that they that the church views it as like these are how you you know these are how you're supposed to live these moral behaviors yeah. rather than seeing it as like your faith is that you're saved through Jesus Christ and like 
and you know although they don't see that as their faith they see the church and Christianity as this completely different thing and I think it's a matter of these student these students and really people they need to you know they need to like learn that that's not what their faith is and a lot of times they don't really figure that out until much later on um, after and most often most often they go to college they get a career they get married they have kids and then they come back to the church this is kind of what they were saying but um, it's just that it's just a matter of how they view that that faith of theirs is it something that's behavioral is it something that I'm following a bunch of rules and laws or is it are they really seeing that their faith is in Christ you know yeah I think one of the cool things so um, Alicia just highlighted a book that um, Kara Powell wrote <clears throat> with uh, Chap Clark called Sticky Faith which right. um, a bunch of us at the river read a couple years ago um, and I know Redlands Christian School their staff was reading that as well and um, one of the things they highlight is the difference between just like the belief in this idea that okay Jesus saved me um, yay and living like a radical life of trust um, and that faith is ultimately not even just like mental assent to the idea that God saved me but it's like the dynamic continued belief and trust that God is working here and now presently in my life and the lives of the people around me and that um, my not role but my like the invitation is to be dialed into that um, and dialed into what he's doing and I think that's a pretty different faith and so um, like when people talk about young people leaving the church I, I there was a time um, three or four years ago was I, I was really scared of that um, but I'm actually really excited about it right now um, because I think it, it makes people, whatever, the church, have to look at um, the kind of Christianity that we have and say, okay, if we, if we believe that God in Jesus and, and through his spirit presently is inviting us into the best possible life, like life with God is better than anything else. If we really believe that, um, then the kind of lives that we'll be living will reflect that and it won't be difficult to invite and call people into that. And I think that's what the, the church, like for me, that's been the journey is, okay, am I living in a way where I could invite somebody into this? Um, yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's a neat um, sort of renaissance of like the heart and the soul of Christianity aside from um, a modern time when it was like deeply uh, like mental um, it's it's I think coming more and more into the relational component the communal component um, not that the the thinking is like lost or gone or, or not that theology is isn't important but I think what the, our everyday rhythms are are much more important and I think that um, students feel that you know like that's why they're drawn to young life because it's deeply relational um, it gives them a chance to connect with like people with real flesh and blood that are saying like hey come follow us because we're following Jesus and young life people are like crazy you know they're crazy in their grace they're crazy in their um, their their faith they're just like the kind of people that you know will if you call them in the middle of the night, they'll actually come talk to you. You know, like they'll be there like God would be there if he had flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, you know, that that's something that's um, attractive and appealing to um, to not just students, but to everybody. Yeah. So, oh, go ahead, Alicia. I was just going to say, I one of my friends shared an article with me yesterday by Shauna Nyquist about expanding the ways we experience God. And um, just for myself, having grown up in the church while I was in college, I didn't go to church on a weekly basis for a couple years and figured out ways to experience God in different ways and didn't really feel like that was okay. But I knew with the church or with my peers, I kind of felt like, ooh, people aren't into this. They're kind of looking at me and judging me, but this this is what I need to experience God right now. I need to go sit outside and just be present. Um, so I think a lot of, especially students who grow up 
in church might need a little space to figure out how they interact with God sometimes um, and not feel like they're doing it wrong or they're doing their faith wrong if they choose to pursue that. That's fine. They can figure out how to interact with God so long as they're sitting in the pew. <laughs> no, but not bothering the people around them. But I, I think I think Alicia makes a good point though, and I think that it's it's a point that it's not necessarily unique to this generation. I think that's just a unique to that time of life where okay, you are shedding your identity as um, as the son or daughter of these two people, and now you're becoming your own person, and you've got to figure out what you believe and how you think about your relationship with the church and the God that you grew up with. And so I think that's that's more unique to, to the phase in life that these people are at rather than simply this particular generation. So I'm going to um, disagree with you. Um, which you, you should come to expect, <laughs> um, and say that what is unique about this, uh, and this is what Kara Powell's homeboy at Fuller Seminary, Chap Clark, would say, uh, what is unique about this is that the creation of an adolescence is a relatively new sort of sociological category, like within the last 75 years, um, and adolescence is extending so that um, people aren't like reaching adulthood until their mid-20s. And so this is a time in life where um, we're, we're kind of unformed and we're, we're open and we're learning and our questions are about who are we and who are the people that we belong to. And um, in the past, students weren't, there wasn't an exodus from church communities. They would ask those questions sort of within the context of a community, but there was always like the assumption, I am this, like I am Christian, I am a part of this community, whatever. Now um, people are just sort of like, the number that um, Alicia was just sharing and in this book, Sticky Fit, they talk about um, was somewhere from like 50 to 60% of students that are a part of church um, dip out by the time uh, they are in their junior year. Um, so, you know, that, I would say that is a new thing. That wasn't happening. 20 years ago, that 50% of students were just like, hey, peace out, this is irrelevant. My parents, um, you know, don't, uh, they, they, can't, they can't make me come to this. Um, so that, that's kind of a new thing. You know, I think, like, earlier, Nick, you said something about how you were, um, you've, a few years ago, you felt sad because these students were going away. And yeah. um, it's, to me, I feel I feel sad a little bit for the students, but I also feel sad more for the rest of the people that are a part of this congregation because there's this gap of people that we aren't being able to be in community with. And one of the things they kind of talk about just a little bit in this article is just having a community with the different ages and being able to be prayer warriors for people and learning about their life and understanding them on different levels. And when this group of people go away, there's something that we too as a community are missing. You know, we always sit there and go, you know, they've gone away and they're missing out on this incredible opportunity as a church, but I think as a church too, like, we're missing out on them and what their life is all about and what's happening. And the cool thing I'm hearing, at least from Alicia, like with Young Life, it's like this is our opportunity to go be a part of that and to, to delve into what their life actually is and what God can do there, you know, and we can learn from that in them. And hopefully they'll want to come and be a part of the church and we can be a community and learn from each other, you know. Yeah, and like... Chap Clark's, one of his phrases is social capital, and that's people in your life who care about you without having any reason to. And that's, I think, a huge way the church can step up for the lives of college students um, because they're in such a transitional period of their lives. They come to school, they go home for Christmas, they come to school, they go somewhere else for summer. But if they have people that they know care about them and who are going to invite them over for dinner or... Um, just ask them a question when they come to church and say, how was your week? What's going on with you? 
or just to text them out of the blue, that creates a huge amount of social capital for those students and makes helps them to see what the church, the big church can be, a, a community who loves and cares for one another. Which is a great, like, a great way just to think about relationships in general. Mm -hmm. And I think where a lot of people feel maybe burned or hurt by any group is when you kind of look around and go, hey, nobody really actually cares, right? Like, nobody actually cares about um, me and what I'm walking through. And um, I think that's one of the, the challenges uh, of, a, of a group that, um, you know, has been around for a really long time together is how do you build those connections? Uh, how do you create this sense of, like, hey, am I, am I really my brother's keeper? And, um, you know, give people the, the responsibility to say, like, yes, yes, you are. Uh, responsible for, you know, um, for each other. So mm -hmm. I think that's a neat way to think about our students, um, but also just about each other, you know, as a community. Mm -hmm. I have a question as far as um, you said earlier that as young life kind of consists of like junior high, high school, college, is that right? Uh, so young life actually is really turned into a giant thing. Um, it started as ministry to high school students, um, and then wildlife, which is middle school, started. And then this cool thing called Capernaum started, which is ministry to students with special needs and their families, um, which is just incredible. Yeah. Um, followed by um, Young Lives, which is ministry to teen moms and their children. And then Young Life College started. And in the meantime, Young Life has expanded into 93 countries around the world. So it's also on military bases. I can't name them all. Um, there's Club Beyond, which is for student, like military kids. And they are on bases around the world doing that. Um, it's just been like as God leads different people who are part of the mission in different ways, they've been saying, okay, let's do it and let's see what happens. And it's been really cool. When you talk about college students, what ages are we talking? Because yeah. if you're me, sadly, I spent eight years in college. So yeah. we're talking, you know, from the age of 17 till, I don't know how old I was, 20. Five, I think, like maybe older. So it's like, and there's so many also people who go back to school and they're still a part of this college community. So do you find that you're dealing with just like such a large span of ages? Um, this first year, I've primarily been with undergrads. And since that's who I got to know first, that's whose friends they've introduced me to. Um, I know a couple grad students who are involved, like, already plugged into churches. So Young Life isn't really for them. Like, they're plugged in, they're happy, yeah. they're growing, and that's, like, I, didn't, I don't want to try and take them away from where they're growing and healthy. Yeah. Um, that's not the goal of Young Life. So, <laughs> yeah. So where, where would you see, where do you see, so this podcast is obviously called Love Shared. It's where we mm -hmm. see God at work in the river, um, where have you seen um, God at work uh, in young life, um, and how could a community like the River um, best assist you and Young Life's vision um, to uh, introduce students to Jesus Christ? Um, well, I'll take that one at a time because that's a huge question. But where have I seen God working through Young Life? Uh, just like, as I briefly mentioned, kind of earning the right to be heard on campus. And we spent, a, like, I have been on Young Life staff this past year, but we weren't a campus-recognized club because we wanted to earn the right to be heard by faculty and staff as well and earn their support. And so I did that by getting to know as many as I could. Um, Probably a lot of people don't know this, but there is a team of people who has been meeting for five years on Thursdays at lunch 
of faculty and staff at University of Redlands to pray for the campus and to pray for the students there. Um, so I got invited to that in October, I think, and whenever I can, I go to that because A, it's awesome, um, but B, it's super life-giving for me, and it's a really neat connection for those faculty and staff to the students because um, a lot of them, a lot of them don't have consistent contact with the amount of students that I do. And so it's been really neat to see just like God softening hearts and opening minds to his work there and just to see even that group get more and more excited about what God's doing on the campus this year. That's cool. Yeah. What, uh, what about um, the river and just our, our community? Uh, I just want to say that um, one of the cool things that Alicia has kind of initiated is um, at young, the Young Life College gathering, asking students there if they will volunteer at Lagonia Elementary. And so this year there were um, six or seven? Yeah. On wow. and off? Yeah. Um, like three students who were really faithful and then three or four more who were kind of on and off helping at Lagonia mm -hmm. um, during intramurals and mostly intramurals. Yeah, mostly intramurals. And, and then running club. And one of one of the students took over running club when the person running it just backed out. And so he would go to the school two days a week at seven in the morning to run with elementary school kids, which has just been awesome. And those guys were in, were amazing. Like provided tons of energy. Provide. I guess they're done with school, so this last week was like a lot of their last week, but. Um, provided a ton of energy and really loved third, fourth, and fifth graders at Lagonia in some really beautiful ways, and it gave them an opportunity to do ministry in the city. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the school was just deeply appreciative mm -hmm. uh, of of their service there. So I mean, that was that's one of the ways that I've seen um, you and Young Life and God sort of energize some you know ministries. Some of your um, Young Life guys also volunteered at, at uh, the river in the children's ministry and we're a part of club four or five and that's a bridge that that you've built and so it's given them an opportunity to to exercise their gifts but also given our students an opportunity to just be loved by university of redlands mm -hmm. you know christian students who um yeah are, are awesome awesome people so yeah. And, and Alicia, do you think that those students who are helping out with Running Club and helping out at Lagonia, are they doing so as part of their Christian identity? Is there a Christian thread that runs through their heart for service in that way? Or is um, it simply part of the generation? Of okay. Not all of them, no. Um, some of them, absolutely yes, but... Um, part of University of Redlands requirements is that all the students do a certain amount of hours of community service. And so they are like, hey, this fills my community service, or hey, I really love working with kids. This is something that I want to do. But that's where I see like a way into their hearts of they're hanging out with Nick and I and um, Katie Langley on those fields and we all profess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and that makes us a little different in some ways, and we get to spend quality time with them doing something that's not churchy, but then get to talk about Jesus when the opportunities arise. What does that conversation look like for a person that um, isn't there as part of their Christian faith, but is there for some other reason. And it, it, it may be because they just love hanging out with kids. Mm -hmm. But when you are able to engage with them, mm -hmm. what does that conversation look like for, with you? Um, well, if they were to ask me why I'm there, or like sometimes people are like, why, why do you hang out with college students? Um, my response is because I love Jesus, and that's what I feel called to do, but... Jesus and like from my time with the Lord and praying and just kind of searching about what is a good fit for me God has opened doors and made this season and this time very obvious like Jesus is present he wants me here 
Um, sometimes that takes a weird conversation or, you know, it's a little interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that answers your question, though. No, that's right. I think those <laughs> conversations can be difficult sometimes or can be awkward, but I applaud you. I'm not someone who's good at, at entering into those conversations, but it seems like you're someone who is looking for those conversations, which I think is really cool. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. I, I have one more Just question. As we're sitting here talking, Alicia's getting texts from people who want to see her who are <laughs> So, Alicia, when you think about this generation that you're working with, um, and maybe you include yourself in that, I don't know, but are you hopeful? Or are you looking at an uphill battle? Or how do you view that task? I am hopeful. Like, I think so many, so many of the students that I know really just want people who love them and who will invest in them. And I look around churches and see so much wisdom and history and the opportunity for people to disciple college students and invest in them in ways that will change their lives. Um, and so I am hopeful that others will respond to the call. And like, like you said, Mark, you may not be open to having tons of awkward conversations with tons of random college students. I am. That's what God's gifted me in. But maybe there's one college student that you could hang out with once a week for a couple of years and you would build the trust and have those conversations and those opportunities. And that's, that's what gives me hope. I like this last question on your list here. Nick, are you going to ask that question? My phone died, so why don't you ask it? <laughs> okay. Um, well, the question says, how can the folks from the river best support you in your continued ministry? Yeah, that that's... That fits in really well with what I was just saying. Of, like, if you want to hang out with a college student, let me know. Because I know lots of college students who want people to invest in them. And yeah, it'll probably be awkward the first few times because they might click out or they might suddenly have something else to do or might want to meet you at 9.30 at night. Um, but that is a huge way that people can support. Um, but honestly, prayer everything we do, we need like the grace and wisdom that can only come from Jesus. So that is huge, a huge aspect of what we're doing. Um, next year we won't be doing dinner every week. We'll probably doing it, be doing it once a month. But um, like we will be having club every week or hanging out somehow every week. So if you're at Costco and want to buy some extra snacks for Young Life, that would be awesome. Um, that's a great way to support. Or um, financially, for me to buy those snacks, that would be fantastic. Or to buy the food to make dinner for those students. Those are some really, like, four great ways that you can support Young Life in Redlands. I, I want to say, too, um, if you are a part of the river and you notice, you just notice people um, that seem new. Um, there have been a number of students, so there's like a, a handful who have showed up at the river this year because of Young Life. Um, I can think of four, but it's probably more than that. Um, and so just, just saying, hey, like, who are you? Where are you from? You know, how long you been here? You're at the University of Redlands. That's that's really cool, um, you know. And and then opening your life and your story, and maybe following up and saying, "Hey, let, let's get coffee. I'd love to hear more." Yeah. Um, and just to to be curious, um, and you know, offer a cup of coffee and then follow up and actually do it. Um, it that that goes a long way to just building those bridges and those connections. Um. And, you know, everybody eats. We all eat. And um, eating with another person is a really neat way to get to know somebody. So yeah. I think I would encourage people from the river to not be afraid of, of just um, being curious and asking those questions of people that are there. Yeah. 
and you can encourage Sam and Alicia. Uh, they love to do crazy things. Um, they love to travel. Uh, they love to. Um, they're very adventurous people, and they're trying to go to every national park in the United States of America. That is a goal of theirs. They right. have. They lifetime have. goal. Lifetime goal, and so I don't know. Maybe you you help them in that goal somehow. So, That's but awesome. being a support to them, they live right on Highland Avenue, right up from the river, like two blocks. So maybe you just drive by and honk really loud every time you <laughs> drive by their house and let them know that you love them and um, you know you're for them. So, hey, I'm gonna put a challenge out there to our listeners, and, and this is kind of this. I, I just thought of this. I've, I feel like this might be fun, but. Anybody who's listening out there in, at the river, I challenge you to go out and buy $20 worth of Starbucks cards and hand them to Alicia or Sam at church and say, this, these, this Starbucks money is for you with the one string attached that you have to spend it having a, a conversation with someone new at the University of Redlands. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that challenge out there. If anybody's listening, I dare you to go out and buy 20 or, or $25 worth of Starbucks cards, find Alicia in church, hand them to her, and say, here's your Starbucks card, but you can only spend it when you're having a conversation with somebody new from the University of Redlands. There, there's, there's the Love Shared challenge. That you can, can have the seven. Starbucks card in my wallet, but I don't know how much is on it. It might be like <laughs> 10 cents. Hey, that's, that's something. That's awesome. It's like a coupon. <laughs> I like the I like the love shared gauntlet that you yeah. just put down. That's a yeah. new segment. That new segment part of this. And I mean, anybody who's listening who's not at the river or is in another area, there's probably Young Life there or close by. So you can find that person and give them a Starbucks card. Awesome. Give them the card with the caveat that they have to spend it on someone they've never met before. Yeah. Don't go out and spend it on Sam. That doesn't count. <laughs> okay, this is, we are now entering the part of our uh, show where we, this is the unexpected questions segment of the show. This is the part of the show where we <clears throat> surprise our guest with a question they never saw coming. Alicia, are you ready? I've got one. I hope so. Okay. Nick is preparing his. I, I think Terry has one, too. I'm not sure. It's not allowed. Here we go. Unexpected question number one. Alicia, if you were a Star Wars character, who would you be and why? Your, your choices, among your choices, maybe you don't know Star Wars. Very oh, much, I got but... it. I already okay. know. Okay. Okay. Who are you? Um, I would be an Ewok. Before coming to Southern California, Sam and I were zipline guides on a zipline tour of the Redwoods. Nice. And it was like we were in the Ewok village. Is that every where they day. filmed that? Is that uh, where they filmed Endor? They filmed Endor up by Redwoods National Park, but so that further north. So okay. Yeah. That's fantastic. Did you make the, the giant logs uh, like smash together? Um, I never, I never no, figured I'm out how the Ewoks actually got the logs up there. I don't, you want, don't judge them they by their Wookiees. size, Lenny. Okay, okay. They use Wookiees. Okay. Don't, don't judge them by their size. <laughs> oh, that's a great question, though. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> no, I didn't think you would. Okay, very good. That's my unexpected question. Terry, okay, got, cut, Terry got cut off here. Ooh. We oh, lost. Oh, no. Terry's gone. Oh, we, boy. She'll get All back. Right. Um, so I, <laughs> I'm going to ask an unexpected question. Alicia expects me to ask something uh, like off color right now, so I'm not going to. Because that too. would be the expectation. Because I, I think you've been really random and terrible tonight, haven't you? What's that? I would expect that too, because I think you've been drinking a little bit of Bailey's tonight, haven't you? No, 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 I have not. <laughs> um, so. My question that's totally unexpected. It's so unexpected, I don't even know what it is yet. But my question would be, if you had to lead a one-minute activity right now, 25 people here. I know people like you think really fast <laughs> on your feet. And so there's 25 people at our house, and we need to know how to get like get to know each other. 
right here, right now, what do you tell us all to do? What's the noise, Sam? Oh, she's phoning a friend. Yeah. Sam Sam has not been in here yet. (laughs) No. We did um, team building as well while we were ziplining. And so you found a partner by making this noise and doing this. And then you had to each answer a personal question. Um, You you both do that? Yeah. And then you find a partner and you clap hands and stop making the noise. It's the international oh, so you have, sign for I need a partner. It's the international sign for I need a partner. So you keep doing that <laughs> until you have a partner? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. that's so, good, money. So if I went up to like Canada and did that, somebody would come slap my hands? Potentially. Yeah. It's or they would just shoot you. <laughs> they don't shoot people in Canada. Canada, Canada. Canada. Too nice. They, they might would, be donuts. Yeah. They would ask if I was lost and if I would like some toffee. <laughs> um. So that was my, that was a great, great answer. That was way better than anticipated. We need to do that in church, get to know each other. Instead of the handshake, everybody do at the beginning of church. I'm not coming to your next message. And next time I preach, by the way, this is the international sign for, I need a partner. Uh, So flash it. Hey, let's, um, we should have Sam in this video a second. You guys need to meet Sam. Yep. Very good. Come say hello, Sam. That's for Sam. Yeah, here. Oh, should I sit in your seat? You should. Oh, cool. Uh, this is Sam. We're married. Hello. <laughs> yeah, this is good radio. Okay, unexpected question. Okay. Sam, your unexpected question. It's got to be unexpected, so I can't ask you a question about John Calipari <laughs> or Ohio, where you're from. Um, although... What city are you from in Ohio? Dayton. Mm-hmm. Toledo. Toledo. Area. Toledo area. Okay. So your unexpected question is this. It's so unexpected, I don't even know what it is yet. If you had to choose... No, that's not good. It can't be a if you had to choose question. You could let somebody else ask it. Alicia, ask Sam... I just totally really you call Make that master do all your work uh, hmm. I question you the go master anywhere tomorrow where would you go where would I go tomorrow um, anywhere in the U- US no anywhere in the world you gotta be there for three days and you have to bring someone that's not me and who do you take Oh, where do you go and who do you take? See, it's a combo. Mm-hmm. All right, this isn't too glamorous because I can't think of any other than this. So we like national parks, and so I've never really been to Zion or any of those in Utah. And so there's this area called the Narrows where you do a lot of canyoning. And so I've recently gotten into that because I don't I work in the high adventure land. So I would take my buddy Rob Kalein, who also is a Rubs Force manager, and we would go rappelling into the Narrows for three days. That's what I would do. Nick's pissed. <laughs> I don't know your technical skills. You'll kill me or something. Who That's knows? true. I don't play <laughs> well. The, the reason why Nick is mad is because the Narrows is, is from Batman, so he just kind of wants to <laughs> live in that world. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Terry, do you have a question? Um, sure. Sure, of course I do. Um, so my question is, if I were to call you at like 4 o'clock in the morning, would you really answer your phone? <laughs> well, that's tough. I'm a really deep sleeper. Um, would Sam answer your phone? <laughs> you know, we, we try to sleep with our cell phones in the other room, not our bedroom, so I don't know if we would actually hear it that late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but totally on nights, unreal. I know that I may be needed for a ride, say on a weekend. I sleep with my phone in my room and the volume on in hopes that I would wake up, but I'm really good at sleeping. That would be me. I, if I told somebody they could call me late, like, I'd just be like sleeping through it. So I'd be pointless person. I would not be. Final there. unexpected question. <laughs> From your dog? Final unexpected question. Would you, as a couple, consider this dog... Pawning it off. Nick is about to pawn off his dog. Family. The Giffen family. 
<laughs> the question is, would we consider? I feel like the answer is yes, because we have. However, it's he's just, or excuse me, she, she it, it, it just fits so well with the in-house, you know? Even though you try to jump in our car and come home with us multiple times. She did try to become a Giffen the last time. Are, Nick, are you like a dog hater? All I ever hear from you is how horrible this dog is and how oh, you don't the dog want is it. Great. She's not at all horrible. She's a great dog. <laughs> You know he is. I, 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 call a Nick, I call Nick a hater in general. <laughs> Just a general hater. Well, all right. Mark Leonard. All right, that is our show. We have argued, we've disagreed, we've compromised our positions, but most importantly, we've shared some love. Thanks for joining us tonight. If you are listening live, and if you are not, thanks for downloading this episode. You can download more episodes if you go look for us on iTunes, search for The River Church, or just go to theriverCRC.com. That's where you'll find links to the podcast feed, the blog, and a bunch of other good stuff about our church community. We welcome your feedback. If you've got some ideas for the show, we'd love to hear them. We might not do any of them but we'd love to hear them just the same. <laughs> Find us in, a, in a church or send an email to theriverCRCblog at gmail.com. That's theriverCRCblog at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us tonight, Alicia. Thanks yes. for having me. All right. Good night, Nick. Good night, Terry. Good night. Good night, everybody. Share the good news of God.